Welcome to the Colby Daniels Podcast, presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. I'm a customer at Artisan Botanicals, and I can tell you I've absolutely benefited from Artisan Botanicals. If you have any questions whatsoever, it's all about educating yourself on these products and how they can benefit your life, and they have a staff that's absolutely dedicated to just that. So if you have questions, if you're curious, don't hesitate to give them a call, 405 458 96 99. Plus, we're saving you 15% off your online order. Visit abotanicalcompany.com. Use the discount code Colby Show at checkout for 15% off. Plus, they have easy and safe pickup. There's a drive through. You can do it efficiently, safely, and uh, they're just, they're an awesome group of people. So, 15% off with the discount code Colby Show at abotanicalcompany.com. All right, we have massive news in the sports world. As most of you know, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. The Dallas Cowboys have signed Dak Prescott, so we'll talk about this contract, what it means for the Dallas Cowboys, and their ability to improve the rest of the roster. Uh, it, it's a fascinating discussion. We'll also talk about this, this um, I think, built-in notion that most people have where either the player has to win or the organization has to win, and if one of those wins, the other one has to lose. I don't think that's always true. We'll also talk about, are you pro player or pro owner? I think a lot of people fancy themselves pro player, but in a lot of these situations, I hear more pro owner type of arguments. So uh, anyway, I think it's all, it's all fascinating. It's, it's a really interesting discussion. The Dallas Cowboys are always a massive topic. And when you have a guy like Dak Prescott uh, that uh, is viewed in so many different ways by the sporting world. You know, some think he's elite, some think he's he's average at best. Uh, getting this kind of contract, I think it makes for interesting discussions. So uh, here we go. We're talking Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott, the contract on the Colby Daniels podcast with my guest today from the Tulsa Sports Animal, Eric G. Eric G is my guest today. Eric, Eric, what's going on? I about called you Aaron. Eric, what's going on? <laughs> Eric's cool. <laughs> I, I, I'm cool with the name Aaron, Aaron Judge, Aaron, the uh, the guy that we used to work with. Every Aaron I know has been a cool guy, except Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is, he's a dick, dude. Let's just be honest about it. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has ruined it for every male in America who fits the Mark Ratner prototype. Okay. And think about this. This has nothing. What this has to do with is your confidence level. As as a kid growing up, where you're, you have that that whole fear of being rejected. And and, and look, it's something you eventually have to get over because it doesn't just pertain to asking girls out. It pertains to to jobs and and bank loans and, and other things that become extremely significant in, in life. But in high school, if you're the Mark Ratner type, like if you've had girls just crush you uh, when you were in grade, I know you can't identify with this because you were always the crusher, not the crushy. Um, <laughs> but as but as the one who got absolutely demolished by a girl in grade school and a girl in middle school, like this one girl in middle school, I'm not I'm not laugh. I wanted to talk to her so bad. She was this girl in my uh, Texas history class. And I wanted to talk to her. I w- wanted to ask her out. But I, again, having been called a dog, uh, which at that time meant you were ugly by this girl in the fourth grade, I just could not ever bring myself to talk to girls. So I wanted my friend to see if this girl, you know, might think, you know, see if she might be interested in me. And uh, she said no. And he, and, him being being the future journalist, I don't know what he's doing now, but being the future journalist, asked why, and she said, "Well, for starters, he walks, talks, and breathes." <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! I mean, talk about getting just absolutely just yeah, you know, nuked. I mean, just belittled to all hell. Well. It, it gets you to this moment where, where you want, in, in order for you to even remotely ask someone out, you need to know that they're going to say yes, okay? And you also learn very quickly when you're the Mark Ratner type, there are girls you feel confident talking to and ones that you don't. 
And the ones that you don't usually talk to you first, you start off discussing, you know, just basic, you know, basic stuff, stuff that doesn't have any, you know, whether it's music, whether it's, you know, something going on in class, going on in school, whatever. And then the relationship kind of builds, which honestly is the best relationship you can have with someone if you start off with friends and then it turns into something more. But those girls usually look like Shaylin Woodley. Like those are the ones you're confident enough. Like I, I think I can talk to her. I may not be brave enough to ask her out because I don't want to get shot down, but I'll at least go up and talk to her. Well, when guys like Aaron Rodgers start asking that girl out, start marrying that girl, <laughs> and then they realize they can do better than you, then you're just, that's it. You're done. You're, you're absolutely done. It's like, dude, you're supposed to marry supermodels. You're supposed to marry, um, you're supposed to marry the actresses. Oh, I'm trying to think of somebody that's younger that fits into like the Catherine Zeta Jones type that always look like they just walked right out of a magazine yeah. and always look like a million bucks. And I know Catherine Zeta Jones saved me, but at one point she was like the ultimate, you know, the, the as far as looks go, she was the ultimate, you know, you couldn't breathe when she walked into the room woman. Well, now you're asking out Shaylin Woodley and it's like, everyone's going, I got no shot, man. Because now they know they can get the quarterback, the really handsome, good-looking, rich guy. You just you end up turning into Bill Bill Murray for meatballs, and, and, and you just say it with me. It 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 just doesn't matter because all the really good-looking girls are still going to go out with all the guys from Mohawk because they've got all the money. So thank you, Aaron Rodgers, for just wiping us all out. Like I can give you a list of women, like Danica Patrick, perfect for you. The average guy is not going to have the guts to go up to Danica Patrick or her friend Nicole Briscoe. Shailen Woodley, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not be brave enough to ask her out, but at least they're willing to talk. And at least after a few months, you get the whole idea that maybe you can ask her out. But now it's just done because, yeah, why are you going to go for why are you going to go for a guy like that when you get Aaron Rodgers? So, so you're- thank you, thank you. You ruined it for us all. You're describing Shailene Woodley as like the girl next door type. And so Aaron Rodgers has taken the girl next door. But doesn't, I mean, doesn't the law of numbers say that that means there is an available supermodel that didn't get a quarterback? So on some level, she's going to have to go below an NFL quarterback? I mean, you referenced referenced fast times. Remember the science teacher? (laughs) Yes, that's true. His wife was a supermodel. (laughs) But but here's what here's what I found out. Uh, Tiger Woods' wife, uh, Ela Nordegren. Okay, remember when they got divorced? And I thought, okay, she's just become you know based on you know based on just the settlement. She is now the hottest woman in the world. But <laughs> you're thinking that that hottest woman in the world doesn't date a guy making thirty grand years. They go and they marry billionaires. So you leave Tiger. So if you leave. So if you can't get the quarterback, you just go find Elon Musk. That's how it works out. <laughs> Take care of yourself. I mean, those of us that can't aren't going to, you know, we're, I, I, I'm lucky. I'm like damn lucky to have the woman that I've had for, for over 30 years. But had I not found Angie, like I, I, I know for sure, I would just be single meandering, never asking anyone out <laughs> because of fear of rejection. So. And then the ones that I could, I'm like, oh, so you can date the Aaron Rodgers type. Yeah, no. Because, yeah, th- yeah, there's nothing. There's no car, no anything I can show you yeah. that is even remotely going to impress you for that. There's nothing I can I can show you that's going to make you feel like this guy can take care of me. You're going to think this guy can barely take care of himself. I'm screwed if I'm with this guy. So, Isn't that most of us, though? Most know. of us can barely take care of ourselves. I mean, I, yes, yesterday but, was International Women's Day, and like all day long, I just felt like, yeah, they, you know, they, they take care of us constantly. Like they are, they're the ones yeah, that make they, the world go round. Uh, <laughs> how many of us do you think our wives went out with us, kind of as a pity date? Like, all right, you know, whatever, one time, and then they just <laughs> felt so bad for us. They're like, man, if somebody doesn't marry this guy, he's gonna die. He doesn't know how to cook. He can't clean. He <laughs> Probably can't do a checkbook. My gosh, this kid, this guy has no hope. Sure, I'll bury him. You know, it's, it's points. It's what I call points for heaven. 
You know, when you, you marry that guy that can't take care of himself, that, that, that's God. When you get to the pearly gate, whatever sin you committed as a woman, you get to the pearly gate, God just looks at you and went, You saved goes, a life. Yeah, go on yeah. in. Yeah, you were, with, you were with him for 30 years. You did charity you, work. Just go on in. There's, yeah, there's nothing yeah. to talk about. You, yeah. you got in. Thank you. Thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. He, and, and to do you a favor, he won't be joining you in this. <laughs> we, 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 have, we, have up, we have upgraded your husband's status in heaven. He won't be joining you. We're, there you we're go. either going to send him to purgatory for forever, or we're going to send him down below where he has to deal with all yeah. his his gradual screw-ups. And, and hell, at that point, is living by yourself, doing the checkbook, trying to feed yourself. Yeah, doing your own laundry, yeah. Yeah, it's what it is for eternity after yeah. that. Not getting to buy stuff without the wife knowing it, so all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I get that. I get that. Uh, I, I'm, I you know what? I can cook though, so uh, I at least have that going for me. I'm I, I cook regularly, and and look, I, I enjoy it for that matter. So it's just kind of like a a de stressor for me to just throw things together and and see what works. Uh, and and I also <laughs> okay, I had so- a long period of time as a bachelor where. You know, I would I would frequently uh, have a night on the town, and when I got home, uh, being in the state I was in, I you know I was always hungry, yet also like somewhat motivated to be creative. And so, through a long, drawn out process of trial and error, uh, I made a lot of really horrible dishes that I thought in the moment were great, and then when I tried them the next day, were absolutely atrocious. And I don't know how I ever combined <laughs> those foods together, uh, but. <laughs> Through that process, I became a decent cook. I can make edible food. So, so what? Okay, so your wife has had a long day at work, and she works very early out hours to, to go up to Channel Four. Yeah. And all right, so if you are just going to make her a meal, and and I'm not not talking about ro- romantic special, but if you're just going to make her and your son a meal, what is kind of like your go to? What is the one thing that that you cook that they really like that you know you can make it every time? It's going to be a hit. It's going to be there might be some leftovers, but you know at least they'll eat it and be appreciative of that. Um, spaghetti carbonara. Oh, wow! That doesn't sound little at all. So, so okay, what? It's it's actually it's really know, easy, but it's good. Yeah. Okay, so what? Okay, what is carbonara? I, I think everybody knows what spaghetti is. If you don't, you can go yeah. to the grocery store. But what? What is the carbonara there? So it's you basically like uh, cook. You make a sauce that is that has eggs, and it, it's basically like spaghetti with a sauce that has bacon in it. So it's it's like a Ooh. it's a big time comfort food type dish. But but you use eggs as like the base of the of the sauce for the spaghetti. And basically you cook the pasta first and then you have this like Parmesan cheese egg mixture that after the noodles are done, you kind of pour in and you have to stir it. And because if, if you have to be tricky with it because you don't want the eggs to like scra- like cook as scrambled eggs, you want it to remain a sauce. So it takes a little bit of effort, but it's something that can be made in like 10 minutes. It's, it's really simple once you figure out how to do it. So, and it's really good. Sounds good. Yeah. Hell, I may have you come over and cook for me, man. Come yeah. on over. I can do it. I'm telling you, man, I've, I've, uh, I'm not going to say I'm a five-star chef by any means, but, um, I can, I can whip some stuff up in the kitchen. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, you lived as a bachelor for a while. Right. So, I mean, you've got to decide, are you going to learn how to cook? Or are you just going to live off sandwiches the yeah. the entire time? Yeah. So, I mean that that, that and 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 TV dinner. And, and when you were a bachelor, how did you ever eat at the table, or did you just stay over the sink? Because I heard that that's what bachelors do. Bachelors and divorced dads they eat at the sink, <laughs> so they don't get anything messy and they don't have to clean. Which honestly sounds like a pretty genius plan, if you ask me. I've eaten at the kitchen counter many times in my life. I've also eaten in front of the refrigerator with the refrigerator door open the entire time. And then, <laughs> and then on, on, the, on a rare occasion, I make it to the living room. Like if there's a game on, obviously the food's getting taken to the to the couch, but. So when you were eating with the refrigerator door open or all the other lights off, was that your life? Please tell me it was. 
I mean, I don't know. Please tell me it's a, I don't know. Please tell me it's a, it's a dark room and you're like, <laughs> uh, I could go, I could, I could go over to the light switch, but this is working right now. So yeah. we're just, Standing in, in nothing but like boxers and, and uh, socks in front of the refrigerator, door wide open, just a, you know, a Tupperware bowl of spaghetti, just chowing down. <laughs> That's when you give it up for the night. You're like, yeah. this is it. This is this is what the night has yeah. become. Yeah. That's look, that that's that's happened on many occasions. <laughs> you know, you have leftover food, like it's you go to the you go like open the refrigerator, what do I want to eat? There's a Tupperware bowl full of spaghetti, you open it up, you're like, is this any good anymore? Like I don't even remember when I ate this. So you always do the taste test, it tastes okay, and then you inevitably just stand there. <laughs> eating out of the Tupperware bowl with the refrigerator door wide open because you're not necessarily committed to eating it as a meal, but you end up eating the whole thing. And then yeah. uh, then you're like, oh, well, I guess I should put the Tupperware bowl in the sink, close the refrigerator door, and then go back to whatever the hell I was doing. You're like, uh, I, just want, I just want a little snack. This may, this may taste good. Yeah. So you, just, you, you leak, and, and you're like, and then, and then you start thinking to yourself, well, yeah, you know, there's only so much left. I might as well finish it. Right, yeah. And there's no reason to there's no reason to put it on any other. There, there's no reason to you know put it on a plate because that would just dirty more dishes. Exactly. And do one more thing I would exactly. have to clean and put up. So it, it, it's funny how 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 we re, how we start to reason things out and, and how we get to that point of no, this makes total sense to do it this way. Because any other way would just just cause more work, and then you wake up the next day thinking, "What the hell was I thinking, man?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, we uh, we've got to talk about Dak Prescott. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. Uh, I've got a lot of thoughts on this whole situation, and uh, I want to get yours as well because I think having a non-Dallas Cowboy fan perspective is valuable as well. Not to mention. Um, I, I, you know, I feel like you generally give me a side of things that, uh, that I haven't maybe thought about. So, uh, this will be a good conversation, but yesterday the Dallas Cowboys extend Dak Prescott. They give him the four-year deal, $160 million, um, a boatload of guaranteed money. Here's the, here's the best thing of the whole deal. $22.2 million against the cap this upcoming season. So, this is a deal that while Dak is absolutely getting paid, uh, it's it's not a situation that's going to cripple the Dallas Cowboys from a salary cap standpoint and from a we-have-to-make-other-move standpoint. There's that, the other thing. The first thing I thought of when when this finally went down last night, because it didn't, for one, it was sort of strange that it didn't get pushed to the 11th hour. We can get jump back to that, but We've heard Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys mentioned along with Russell Wilson. And it never made any sense to me to trade, to to end up trading um, Ezekiel Elliott for Russell Wilson. That never made any sense to me. But if you traded Dak Prescott and a couple of first-round picks for Russell Wilson, that made all the sense in the world. Well, if I'm Seattle and I'm going to take on Dak Prescott, then I want him locked up for a while. I, I want Dak Prescott to, to be under contract. So it feels like this makes him more movable if the Cowboys want to go down that road. Chances are they're not, but I don't think it's an option you can rule out if you're if you're Jerry Jones and you're on the back nine of your life and you're thinking, I got to win a Super Bowl. If you have any doubts about that Prescott, well, now I think you've made him a desirable object for a lot of teams because why trade for a guy that's not going to be under contract? The other thing about this that that really comes into play, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, is now you've got money to fix up that defense because the offense is fine. You're good on the line. You've got great skill players. You've got your seemingly you've got your franchise quarterback. Now you've got to figure out how to bolster that defense. And that's going to be the trickiest part of all this, because when you're drafting in the first round, the stupidest thing you can do is draft a position. You've got to draft the best guy there. 
like right. what they did with CD Lamb last year. So how are you going to do this? Are you going to use some of the draft capital, capital you have? Are you going to hit the free agent market? Who's out there you can go get? That That's the biggest thing for Dallas. Because honestly, Cole, this is going to sound so stupid because of how miserably they failed over the last few years. But it honestly doesn't feel like you're that far away from, from being a team that can, that can compete for an NFC championship. At least offensively, I would take their offense. I would take their offense over the Rams' offense right now. Yeah, and agreed. if I could just have, have uh, if I could just have the Rams' defense with the Cowboys' offense, then I'm talking about a team that probably wins two or three Super Bowls. Yeah. I'm I'm with you, man. It's you know I'm a Cowboys fan. I look. I would say this for anybody that wants to call me a homer. I, I would say more often than not, I'm probably harder on the Cowboys than anybody else. Uh, that said, you look at this roster, and you know th- this is why the last two seasons have been a massive disappointment because on paper, from a talent perspective, they have a lot of talented football players. It hasn't turned into success on the field for a lot of reasons. And I, I think very little of that has anything to do with Dak Prescott. So when you're referencing the Cowboys' struggles and anything they've not accomplished, I think it's very far-fetched to say that Dak Prescott is anywhere close to the top of any of those reasons why. Like, he's he's not perfect. I'm not trying to say that. And, and certainly, for the people that want to tell me, like, he's not an elite quarterback, he's not Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson or in that category... I get that, and I totally agree with you. I don't think Dak Prescott is on the same tier as Patrick Mahomes. But I think by every metric you can use, Dak Prescott is a top-10 quarterback. Not to mention, outside of all of the stuff he does on the field, let's not forget, teammates love him. He's a great leader. There's probably a bigger burden on the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys from a media perception than any other position in the NFL, and he handles that like a champion. Uh, He faces criticism that no other quarterback in the NFL is going to face because he's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. I think there are a lot of off-the-field things that people don't talk about as far as the boxes that Dak Prescott checks off for that position in that city. But again, just talking about the -the on-the-field stuff, the skill set is top 10, all the standard... uh, Metrics that you want to use, the, the you know, just yards and touchdown passes and just the standard stats that we've paid attention to forever, say he's a top 10 quarterback. All the advanced metrics that you want to use, say he's a top 10 quarterback. If you have a top 10 quarterback at the age of 27 that has the skill set that Dak Prescott has, this to me is an absolute no-brainer. Um, I, I've had a lot of these comments over the last 24 hours, and I, I totally understand on a base level, what people are trying to say. The, like, I, I hear, well, I would rather have insert player here than Dak Prescott, right? Like, I would rather have Russell Wilson than Dak Prescott. Or I would rather have Justin Herbert, was one that I was told yesterday, than Dak Prescott. Okay, I, I, I get that Dak Prescott's not for everybody, and certainly, like I said, there are quarterbacks better in the NFL than Dak Prescott. There aren't a bunch of quarterbacks, though, that are openly available right now on the market that you could just go give that same money to than Dak Prescott. If you want Deshaun Watson, not only are you going to have to give up probably like three first-round picks, you're giving up a boatload of assets to then bring in a guy who's also making the same money as Dak Prescott, but you don't have the ability to structure the contract the way that they've structured this one where it, it allows you to also make other moves. So that, I mean, that really handicaps your ability to do anything with the defense while also giving up all of your draft capital. So, I mean, if we're talking about the grand scheme of things, that doesn't make any sense either. Would I Do I like Deshaun Watson as a quarterback better than Dak Prescott? 100%. Would I rather have Deshaun Watson in this scenario when his contract isn't structured in a way where I can help the defense and I also have to give up basically my next three drafts to get him while I have a quarterback that may not be as good but is a proven commodity as far as the talent level is a guy that already knows the system teammates love him is a good leader um you know same thing for like the justin herbert situation justin herbert's not a free agent it's not like you're sitting there evaluating should i pay dak prescott this money or should i pay justin herbert this money 
regardless of how you feel about the two guys, Justin Herbert's not a free agent. You have what you have available to you. And I, I just, I, I don't know where people think this is a bad signing when you sign a player like this and the financial aspect doesn't cripple the team's salary cap and doesn't cripple the team's ability to make other moves, basically what you're telling me is you would rather have the billionaire NFL football team owner have that money in his savings account than the player get paid. It's one, it's that low-hanging fruit of people just looking for somebody to blame and wonder why a guy that maybe they don't think is as good as somebody else is getting all that money, all right? And you mentioned Justin Herbert. First of all, Justin Herbert's still on a rookie contract. There's no telling what kind of money Justin Herbert's going to get if he continues to prove. But we've only seen him one year in the NFL. Two, one, even if Dak Prescott isn't a Hall of Famer, it doesn't mean that he's – I mean, isn't the, isn't, isn't the point to win a Super Bowl and have a stable roster and have a balanced roster. Well, that certainly gives you balance on the offensive side. Now you've got the money, as you pointed out, to get it done on the defensive side. And I hate these arguments. I think about these arguments, Colby, when we go when when I first started covering the Thunder and my co-host, because he knew nothing about the NBA, not a damn thing about how it worked or why the Thunder made moves they got. And it was just every day I had to hear, why did the Thunder trade for Kendrick Perkins? Why didn't they go out and get Gortat? Why didn't they get Gortat? Why didn't they get Gortat? Well, one, was he available? And how do you know they didn't pick up the phone to call about that guy? And you can't just, you you can't just willy-nilly, this isn't fantasy football, okay? You're you're not going to find owners out there or GMs out there who like someone and go, yeah, I'll trade because that's the team I rooted for. I want that guy. That doesn't work that way. They've got to want to give up the asset that you want. And the whole idea of, well, Sam Percy knew how to bamboozle people from Orlando. Well, maybe Orlando saw value in what the Thunder were giving up. The, The other team has got to feel like they're getting value. You can't just go unload your garbage, which Dak Prescott isn't, onto someone else, hope they'll take it, and then a sucker is born every minute. Yeah, we've seen bad trades, but just assume that the the way to, to think about these things is just assume that everybody is smarter than some of these other GMs who, who have made these moves. Um, so you have to go with what you have. And right now, Dak Prescott is better than probably what? Any other quarterbacks who are out there on the market, I would take yes. him over Baker Mayfield. Yeah, right now, I take that that Prescott over Baker Mayfield. I'd certainly take him of the three OU quarterbacks. I'd probably take him over all three. That I, are, see, that I are would, going I to would be probably start, take Kyler Murray simply year. because I think the upside for Kyler Murray is potentially like an NFL MVP caliber player. But yeah, I, I would take Dak over the other two today for sure. Um, the thing that always worries me with Kyler is size. Yeah, and I and I, I I hate I hate to think that you know one huge hit seriously damages Tyler. Where Dak, I mean, he's a big guy. I mean, he, he, Dak is if Dak runs a lot, he's going to end up he's going to be like Cam Newton. It's going to take a while before that body wears down. So again, and it's not about. The other thing that, that, that people got to understand about this, this is not necessarily about who's better as right. much as it is about fit. And with Dak Prescott, okay, he spent a year in Mike McCarthy's system, even though it feels like it was kind of slapdash put together a little bit because, um, <laughs> simply because Mike McCarthy um, did not have many camps, barely got into any training camps, but he's had a year in that system. The other thing that this tells you, and neither one of us touched on, leading up to this negotiation, there were reports, not rumors, that reports that that compound fracture and Dak's progress was worse than what the Cowboys were letting on. And you have to think that if the Cowboys thought he was going to be damaged goods this season, they'd have probably just gone ahead and slapped the franchise tag on him and thought, all right, 
we'll do this because we can. We can't really trade him. We don't really want to sign him to long term. Yes, it's going to hurt us financially. You know, it will hurt us in the salary cap. Yeah. But if he's not going to play, we we can't trade him anyway. So this this is all we've got. I mean, we can let him go be a free agent, and maybe somebody. And so, I mean, I guess there's one thing you could have done. You should let him be a free agent. Somebody sign him and and get Dak hurt. But I think Dak is probably healthier now than than what we originally thought a couple of years ago. And a healthy Dak Prescott is a good NFL quarterback. I mean, and that's all you need to win in this league is a good NFL quarterback. Somebody that's just and I'm not talking about him being a game manager. And by the way, I hate that term. But you just need Dak not Dak is not a guy who's gonna get you beat. And your receivers are good enough that any throws he makes, if he makes a mistake, they can bail him out. You've got a good running game. I I don't get why anyone would, would, would be, if you're a Cowboy fan, I don't get why you would be upset about this signing. Um, is it ridiculous that he gets the largest signing bonus in NFL history? Yes, but remember, that's not going to last very long. Somebody will eventually get a bigger well, signing bonus than him. That's just the way, that's how finances all work and, out. And again, as far as that part of it goes, when people complain about that, basically you're saying you would rather the billionaire owner have that money than the guy that's actually playing the football game that's not a billionaire, right? Like, Because that, that doesn't have anything to do with the Dallas Cowboys' ability to sign other players. It's not preventing them from do, from a salary cap standpoint. Like if, if the Cowboys gave Dak $160 million and all that money prevented them from making other moves then fans of the team team should have the right to be like, that's stupid. Why would you do that? Now you can't address the defense. You can't do anything else. But just from a money standpoint, when you're giving a guy a a signing bonus and then you look at the way it's structured and it's only going to impact the the salary cap for $22 million and we're about to have this thing jump a year from now with the new TV deal – you're just you're mad that Jerry Jones has decided to give that money to Dak and keep it in his bank account. Like that's that's just Jerry Jones' money at that point to do whatever the hell he wants to do with it. Like why would you rather the owner have that money than the guy playing the position? I, I I've I've never understood that. I, I I still just I don't get why people have such a problem with that part of it. And and look, I would I would even say this. Yes, it's a monster contract today. I would be willing to place a wager that two years from today, Dak Prescott won't even be a top-five-paid quarterback in the NFL. Oh, I, I, I'd 100% agree with that. Two years from now, Colby, it's going to look like they got a bargain. And it, it may look, depending on the success that he has with the Cowboys this year, it may look like a bargain. If, if they end up winning the East and putting themselves in position to make a run for the playoffs, you're going to say that that is money well spent because all fa- here's what fans want. Fans want that money that, that, that owners are spending and passing on to them if you go to games. Okay, and I understand if you're actually buying tickets to go to games or you're paying for the Sunday NFL ticket because, yes, the salaries get passed along to you because that's what owners do. Um, I could understand the complaining. I can kind of understand that complaining, but it's a count, but if it, all that just translates into wins, that's all. That's all ultimately you care about, um, and that's the one thing that, that that fans have to realize here is that it feels like the Cowboys are about to turn a corner, and we've been saying that for a long time. But if Dak Prescott is healthy, that offense is the best offense in their division, and it's just a matter of some tweaks on the defense and and how easy is this going to be to make those? I don't know, but they need to be making runs at guys right now who are on the free agent market that they think can help them. Um, Why fans get upset is simply because if you spend money, I'll give you a Thunder example. The Thunder spent a lot of money on Kendrick Perkins. And in fans' minds, that prevented them from going out and getting someone else. Because they, yeah. because Kendrick Perkins had bad hands. Because Kendrick Perkins wasn't an offensive force. And forget the fact that he's a pretty good defensive player. And the and the most important reason that Sam Presti saw value in Kendrick Perkins was a guy. He was apparently the one guy. He and Nick Collison were the guys that could 
could be the go-betweens between Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. That's valuable. That held that team together, or it would have splintered a hell of a lot sooner than what it did. And because fans can't see that, and because there's usually a talk show host that decides they're going to rip someone because, A, it's fun to do, and B, because, you know, it's something that people can have emotion about, then people start start piling on. Um, and Gidrick Perkins is a great example of that. I mean, it, it took one talk show host in Oklahoma City to say he sucked, then everybody started hating him. And every other talk show host, that was their argument. Why are you spending all that money on that guy? Well, why don't you talk to Sam Presti? Why don't you talk to the people in the locker room? And from everything we understood is he was a guy that was just really good at helping keep keep the focus, keep the mood in the right frame of mind and make Kevin, and he did a great job of making Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook at least understand each other and what the team was trying to accomplish. That is invaluable. And you may not think that it's worth it to pay all that much, but the Thunder did. I mean, you can disagree with it all day long, but ultimately they were having success. Was it the success you wanted? No. But as a fan, you're never guaranteed to win a championship. And right. for a cow, for yeah. Cowboys fans who have been waiting since 1994 to win another Super Bowl, this is the closest you've been since then to having that happen. Yeah. So, just be thankful that you that you've got at least this part of the off season is done. You don't have to hear about this anymore. Now you can focus your attention on the draft, free agency and whether or not the defensive coordinator is going to work out. Yeah. I just I, I don't know what the reasoning would be to say this is a bad contract because, A, it doesn't stop the Cowboys from being able to do anything else. From a financial standpoint, Dak is absolutely getting a huge payday, and he's winning here because he bet on himself. He didn't take that deal a couple years ago, and it's paid off for him. And the Dallas Cowboys, in in from that perspective, are losing because they didn't pay him a couple years ago when they could have got him cheaper. And, and now they're, they're paying for it. They're having to pay him more money than they would have. But again, the way this thing is structured, it doesn't prevent them from being able to make other roster moves. It doesn't, it doesn't financially handicap them to the point that they're just a slave to Dak Prescott. And, and you know, again, when you go back to, are, are they good enough to win a Super Bowl? Look, the defense through, for, for half of the season last year, when Dak was out there, was on pace to be the worst defense in the history of the NFL. So, yeah, Dak Prescott on his own is not going to win them a Super Bowl, but you either need a quarterback or a great defense in the NFL to be a, to be a contender. And Dallas is extremely far away from having a good defense. Like, it's, like I said, think about those words. For the first half of the NFL season last year, the Dallas Cowboys were on pace to be the worst defense in the history of the NFL. Wow. <laughs> I forgot I forgot how bad it was. I forgot how bad it was last year. Yeah, they were they were atrocious. Um, they were giving they were averaging that, through like eight eight or nine games. They were they were giving up like thirty seven or thirty eight points a game. I'd forgotten just how crappy they were. Okay. So and, and yet your blame is Dak? Why? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just again, I, well, I, I get I, that he's not Patrick Mahomes, and and I'm not even going to pretend to to sell anybody that, that oh, he's in the same well, neighborhood he, as Patrick Mahomes. And look, I'm not going to pretend to say he's in the same neighborhood as Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. Uh, I, I do think those guys are on a on a separate tier from Dak Prescott, but. You know, after you get past those first, like, five guys or so with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, uh, you know, that group, Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Like, Dak Prescott's on the next tier. Well, and, and here, okay, the other thing that, that everyone tries to, tries to put into play here is why isn't Dak if Dak is such a good quarterback, why isn't Dak giving the Tom Brady discount? Well, not everybody is going to be Tom Brady. Okay, not everybody is, A, married to one of the richest women 
in the world and can, I mean, would Tom Brady be giving up that money if he weren't married to Giselle or if he hadn't married Bridget Moynihan, if he had just married somebody that he knew in college or some, right. or, or some woman that he, that he had met in Boston, not saying that she wouldn't be professional, but she may not be making seven to eight figures kind of woman. Yeah. Would Tom Brady be, be giving up that kind of money in, in order to, to help the Patriots? And as often as that sounds, the one thing that the players have started to realize is, A, your window to make, to make to get that really big payday is very small. So you have to take advantage of it while you can. And two, the other thing that players have realized is the NFL does a crummy job of taking care of you once the playing days are over. Yeah. Um, they health, health insurance is there, but you have to buy it. They don't give you health insurance. Um, a lot of times these guys are just, bro- I mean, they're just physically just broken down. Well, there's not a whole lot they can do. They, they've sacrificed their body really for your entertainment. And so the owners can make money, make more money than what they, they pay these players. So, yeah, I need to get all I can to set myself up afterwards so when I have to go to the doctor and I've got these ailments in, I'm starting to suffer from dementia, my family will also be taken care of. So don't put, don't throw greed in Dak's lap or anybody's lap for, for making this money when, when they can get it. It's not about greed. It's about helping you for the future, helping your family for the future and making sure that your grandkids will not struggle again, which is something that should be applauded. It shouldn't be ripped. And yeah, Tom Brady can do it because, Hey, if he didn't have the money, Giselle has that money yeah, and their kids are going to be taken care of through her. So yeah, for, for Tom, essentially what Tom is doing, Tom's got to play money. Tom's got the spending money. When, when, when they want a brand new piece of art or yeah. a yacht, the jet it's ski, coming out of yeah. Tom's, yeah, it's coming out of Tom's bank account. It's not coming out of hers because she's taking care of health and college and and the grandkids' college. Dak's yeah. that's not, not in that position. And look at Dak's background. I mean, he came from a pretty modest background. Dak's given, first year, uh, given, he was a fourth-round pick. His first year, he made $450,000. His signing bonus was $380,000. Year two, he made five forty. dollars Year three, he made six thirty. dollars The, yeah, the guy didn't even make over a million dollars a season until year four of his NFL career. Which, I mean, look, yes, we would all love to have the kind of money he, he was making when he was not making a million dollars. But it does show you for a guy that performed the way he was, he's been underpaid for a long time. Yeah. For a very long time. And he's finally, he, he got his opportunity. He took advantage of it. There's there's nothing about that. Um, there is there, there's there's nothing there's nothing about that 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 that, that anybody should should be criticizing him for whatsoever. I, I think a lot of people like when you have that pro player or pro owner argument. I think a lot of people fancy themselves pro player, but I think most people are actually pro owner because oh, they are. because generally I, when you talk about who benefits in situations, I feel like the majority of fans that I hear from, without without understanding maybe that the side they're on benefits the owner, are on the side that benefits the owner rather than the player. I, I It's wild to me. Well, and, and we've talked about this before, but think, I mean, you have to put yourself in the player's position, right? Think about, think about this. Owners do not care about you. Whatever business you work for, nine out of ten owners do not care about you. They only care if you can make them money. That's it. Right. They don't care about your kids. They don't care about your well-being. If they did, when you did something they didn't like, they wouldn't fire you. They would just talk to you and figure out a way to work it out and make sure that that they that that, that you were taken care of. Corporations. Do not care about you. You are not, the further up it goes in a corporation, the first, the, the less and less you become a person, and the more you just become numbers on the paper. And 
when the bottom line is not being met for the shareholders, when they're not getting the money they feel like they deserve, your salary all of a sudden becomes expendable. So why would right. you root for owners? That's who you've right. been working for your entire life are owners. And those are the owners guys that, that already always, have billion dollar bank accounts. Right. And it's, oh, well, I'm not going to make my bonus this year. Well, we need to cut X amount from the budget. Okay, well, uh, who can we get rid of? Let's just go down the line. Let's, you know, let's start. You know, we want to buy, we want to buy more businesses. We want to buy more businesses. We want to take on debt from these businesses because we're there and we think it'll make us stronger. Well, oops, we've overextended ourselves and we're not making as much money. We may have to reorganize and file Chapter 11. Yeah. Uh, we need all our local managers to uh, take a look at who they can cut. That's what you become because you don't serve their interests. And it's the exact same thing in the NFL on a more direct schedule is when Dak Prescott ceases to fit Jerry Jones or Stephen Jones' interests, he will no longer be a part of that team. He will be just discarded. And I don't want to see the, you know, the Twitter tributes and you know, things that, you know, that J.J. Watt said and sent off because, you know, they're pissed. They're doing it because it's supposedly the classy thing to do. But ultimately, it's, you know, they're telling you, we don't want you anymore. We don't value you anymore. Yeah. And no, look, you, no human, no human wants to hear that. So when they're going to pay you an awful lot of money, yes, take what you can get. Use them. Use them because they are using you. Yeah. Remember when Dez was the 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 like franchise player for the Cowboys, and he was a top five receiver, and the next year he was a free agent because they cut him. Yeah. It was just like you know, like there was a dip. It made sense financially, um, and and it was it was done deal. Uh, and again, I, I go back to. I think fans feel like if the player wins, that means the organization loses. Like, it's almost like you have to hand somebody a win and you have to hand somebody a loss in a lot of these scenarios. And while I think it's extremely safe to say Dak Prescott won this situation, I don't think it means the Dallas Cowboys lost because, again, the way they structured the deal... No, are they... they it's, it, Jerry Jones has the money to pay Dak Prescott. Like, it's, it's not like he's hurting. And I think when I talk about them losing... It's it's in regards to the salary cap. If you lost, that means that you you basically have no cap room to do anything else. The cap is fine. This like that's the thing. This only impacts Jerry Jones' bank account. It doesn't impact the the Dallas Cowboys, the salary cap, or their ability to make other moves. So, so the Cowboys lost, yes, because Jerry Jones is having to pay more money than he would if 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 he had done the deal two years ago. But that's the only that's the only way they lose. This doesn't this doesn't handicap them financially from doing anything else. Now, look, they also you have know, a, a bunch helped. of other bad contracts that we can discuss. We can discuss the Amari Cooper contract. We can we can discuss the Zeke contract. Like those are things that I, I would guess probably also get restructured. That's the other thing about the NFL that that I think completely gets overlooked. We look at contracts. And I think sometimes we just think they're like NBA contracts and that money's going out the door no matter what happens. Teams and players restructure contracts in the NFL all the time to make it work for the good of the team while the player's still able usually to get the majority of that money. And, and that's, that's the big thing with, with the NFL because those contracts aren't guaranteed or only so much of it's guaranteed and you can restructure uh, depending on what, where, where a player sees himself, okay, does he have more value than what the team is telling him or does he know that maybe the current team he's on values him more than anyone else and he just likes living there and likes the organization and wants to win the Super Bowl? They're willing to restructure. Players are willing to give back money or redo their contract to, to open up you know, open up the pocketbook for owners because they feel the clock ticking yeah. on their opportunity to win a championship. I mean, right. that's what Ben Roethlisberger is doing this year. He not, Ben Roethlisberger knows that if he were to go out on the free agent market, there's not a hot. There's not. He's not going to get the offers that he wants. He knows that. Um, he's 38 years old. His body is beat up. 
the lasting image of him you're going to see is him sitting on the sidelines after the Steelers lost to the Browns in the playoffs this year, and he just looked absolutely not only just a straw, but he, he was a guy that you could tell he wasn't fully there in, in that moment. And he's probably thinking to himself, do I want to do this again? Well, he did, but he knew Pittsburgh wasn't going to be willing to pay him. So he's, he, he's, you're able to work those kind of deals out. Um, Gerald McCoy probably falls into that contract. I would think that there's going to be a lot of restructuring going on. Do I think Zeke will restructure? No. I don't think it's anyway Zeke will restructure. Do you? Amari Cooper, I, I can see we'll him see. restructuring you. Know, you have to remember the other thing. When guys are unwilling to restructure, sometimes that's when guys also get cut. You know, like, that's the other thing to think about. Yeah. If you don't want to restructure, then sometimes the teams are in such a, a position where it's like, you know what, we might have to give him one big paycheck, but we can shed money on the back end of that. And and then the player has the decision to make. You know, can I still go make that up maybe with another team? Or, I mean, there are a lot of moving parts here that, that you know, aren't just as simple as this guy is owed $100 million for the next four years or, you know, just using that as an example. Well... The thing with the thing with Zeke is he probably sees himself as as an elite running back. Um, I man, I he's the he's the one I can't figure out because I, I you know does he look at it for him because money is is so equated to respect for a lot of these guys. Right. Does, is Zeke the type that sees it as an insult when the Cowboys say, we need you to take a pay cut? Does, is, is that what the, what he sees? Like, I can see Zeke being that guy, like, screw you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Taking a pay cut? Yeah. Um, he, now, he might, but also, if I'm Zeke, I probably don't. If I'm Zeke's agent, I'm telling him, do not take a pay cut. Don't. Um, you're running back. Um, and in, unless you are Adrian Peterson, um, I'm trying to think of who else falls into that category now of an NFL. I said, you know, Ezekiel, my, my, my conversation to him, if I was his agent, okay, unless you think you're a once in a lifetime back, which Adrian Peterson may be the last of that breed. Okay. You guys have the shortest lifespan of anybody in this league and it seems like after your first three years you're like you're like a car you know where, where, where quarterback value can go up through you know through their time and through their service in the nfl you're a car man once they drive you off the lot if you've been there for three years that value goes down <laughs> yeah and, and and not that i want to compare a person to an inanimate object but i would think i would tell him we got to seriously, if they want you to restructure your contract, we have got to seriously put pen to paper and think about this. And we've got to go get you a physical. We have got to get, get our own physical, figure out everything that's possibly wrong with you. Talk to a doctor that's going to tell us how much longer he thinks you can play based on how many carries you're getting per game. Um, we'll look at the impact of your production from your first year to now. I mean, I would go through a very comprehensive plan for him because he's a running back. And at that point, you come to your conclusion and tell him, ultimately, it's your decision. If you want to do this, I'll support you. But based on the information we have, I don't see another big contract coming like this. Or maybe maybe you are lucky enough where if you have a great year, we can get you in a free agent situation and you can make more money. But for running back, it's just so risky. Yeah. For receivers, receivers, I kind of understand it. It's like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Look, you want to play with – if you want to just play on the team this year, restructure your contract, go have a big year, and then I can get you on the free agent market. And – ultimately it's going to come down to your targets. And if you don't feel like they're targeting you enough, that may hamper us, but we'll look for a situation where you can at worst be the number two guy. All right. 
you know, maybe you're not number one, but we'll get you in a number two situation where you'll at least get the targets you want. Maybe the team's not that good, but we sign a one-year deal, you perform, and then maybe a contender wants to pay you what you're worth. Um, but for a running back, you get so much tread on those tires that if Zeke had gotten beat down in a year, and I want to put him out on free agent market, I don't think I could guarantee. I don't think I could work a plan where I could guarantee him that he would get the payday that he wanted. Yeah, so he, he, that, he wouldn't. And and he's coming off a year where he wasn't that good, and he fumbled a lot. Yeah. He was. I mean, dude, he had so many fumbles in that that put the Cowboys in bad bad positions. He, he, I mean, I do think that his skill set is still elite. I still think he's an elite running back in the NFL when you just look at his skill set. But he didn't have an elite season. He didn't have a... I, I don't even think he had a good season. It, it wasn't good a year ago. So, yeah, I mean, he, he has to bounce back in a big way this year. He has to take care of the football. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. There's, there's also something to be said for how guys feel like they're perceived, and look, I don't think that people today perceive Dak as one of the elite running back or Zeke as one of the elite running backs in the NFL after the year he had. So, I don't know. Maybe, no, maybe that's something but... that matters to him. Maybe it's not. Everybody's different. But I do think there are a lot of players that that uh, appreciate the perception of them being elite players. And, I, you know, as far as the, that perception, Zeke's stock, if you will, has dropped significantly after last season. Well, and it's another reason why, if I'm him, I don't, I, I don't restructure my deal because if I go out and let's say I have an even worse year, then I'm in, re- then I'm in really bad position. Then I'm just, I'm stuck. They're going to release me anyway, and I'm going to be, you know, lucky to take what I can get from whoever offers it to me. So there is just so much risk involved with him doing what he's doing. It's not something I, w- I would recommend to him as his agent. It would be lengthy, lengthy conversations before before we even agree to that with the team, with him, yeah. doctors, um, his running back coach. Okay, what was the problem? What was he doing? Why do you think he was fumbling a- as much? Um, are these things that can be corrected? And if he does correct them, do we have your word that if he restructures and he goes out and has that kind of year, can we get a new deal done next year? I mean, I, if you're an agent of a running back, you've got to be super, super protective of them. Um, and I would think them and linebacks, well, linebackers can get paid. And, and can bounce back after a bad year a little bit easier. But you've got to be so protective of your running backs as far as making sure that they get taken care of in the in the afterlife because they're the they're, they're discarded so quickly yeah. that it's just it, 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 it's scary. It's really scary to think that for Ezekiel Elliott, you know, the, A, this could be his last year. In I mean, a running back's always got the thing. This could be my last year. Abs- yeah, absolutely. Every- and, and that's yeah. why, like, restructuring can also make sense for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it can. It, it would be tough. It would, yeah. Oh, God, there's no way I'd do it. No way I'd restructure if I was him. Not unless I had a guarantee that, you know, you can restructure it, but you're going to put a lot of individual guarantees. You're going to put some team guarantees in there. And you're going to put some individual guarantees yeah, in I mean, there as Yeah, well. you're going to and, protect and, yourself for sure, but yeah. And I probably would go more team guarantees because of it's, hey, if we win the division, if we make the NFC Championship, if we make the Super Bowl, I get all these escalators in the contract versus get to an individual game because if they're get to an individual, then having individual escalators in there because let's say Dak gets hot for three games and you're winning. But it's because it, because it's on his throws, or the or or the defense has has playing outstanding, and we've won a couple of six to three games or whatever. Well, I'm still benefiting from that. Even if I'm not having a good game, I'm still benefiting. I'm getting paid, so there's there's a little bit of protection there as well. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, oh, look, ultimately, I, I think that uh, Dak Prescott has been a terrific leader for the Cowboys. Like I said, the, the his teammates speak highly of him. They love him. He has been as classy a player in the NFL in probably the most 
pressure situation in the entire sport, which is the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. You're under a microscope, uh, and you know your your mistakes are magnified without a doubt in that position. And while he's not Patrick Mahomes, uh, I, I just I don't know where the Cowboys could have gone to get a better quarterback in the position they're in today. And uh, I, I think on all sides, it's it's a win. But certainly for Dak, yeah. he's, he's the the big winner. No, he 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 is. I mean, he's got sixty six million dollars in his in his pocket, or just half that. You know, because taxes it's only thirty three million dollars, so it's not never as big as you think it is. Um, but and that agent's getting you know, paid. Well, Don't forget about that. You, yeah, t- uh, a, a good three percent, which oh my god, well, a hell of a lot of money. So essentially that gets to um that gets gets to own the day he gets to to feel comfortable and i think for mike mccarthy this is a good thing too because now you don't have to worry about who your quarterback's going to be next year you know and i'm sure you've been working with him but now you really start working on things and rehab can go well this takes a lot this takes a lot off the cowboys yeah they, they've got the big they've got the big thing out of the way now they can go get every get everything else, and I expect them to be some major players here in the in the next in, in the next in the next few weeks. And I'm interested to see now what they do with their draft pick, if in fact they are going to draft or yeah. are there other directions they're going to go. Yeah, now they can look. They, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed on that team, so now they can actually focus on fixing those things rather than this two-year-long situation with your quarterback. Is he going to be the guy? Is he not? That is done. It's over. He's the guy. You know who you're building around, and now you can go work on that defense, and, and you can do everything else that needs to be done. Depth on the offensive line and, you know, all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, look. I'm, I'm excited about the Cowboys year now. I wasn't really excited about it. I'm excited about it now. I'm really excited about about what this next season can be for Dallas. Yeah. I, I don't put them in the contender category, but uh, look, they play in the NFC East, so um, I, I, on paper, again, I think they're the most talented team in that division, so we'll see. Yeah, they are, and I'm interested to see Jalen Hurts um, because now Jeffrey Lurie says he wants to build around him. I, I don't know that I tr- I don't know how much I trust that up on Jalen Hurts because. It seemed like a few weeks ago he was held in on making Carson Wentz the guy because he was paying him so much money and didn't think he was tradable. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're yeah. Jalen Hurts, ooh, yeah, they trust me. Nah, not so fast, man. <laughs> uh, I'll just say this. As a Cowboy fan, I I, uh, I I like that Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of the Eagles. So there you go. <laughs> Really better than Car- better than Carson Wentz. I, would think I mean, either Cowboys of them. Either of them are fine. I'm totally fine with either of them being the quarterback of the Eagles. Yeah, don't go. I mean, I, yeah. I I would not like them drafting Justin Fields, for example, with the number six pick. I wouldn't like that. So <laughs> stick with Jalen Hurts. I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm not as sold on the quarterbacks in this draft as as you guys. As you I like guys them, are. man. I like them. We'll we'll have to. We'll have to have that conversation next week. Um, and and look, there there are. I talked about this yesterday on the pod. We did a, an NFL draft pod, but the there are so many differing opinions on the quarterbacks in this class. And look, the just the players in this class in general. There is very little consistency, no matter where you want to get your NFL draft content from, uh, because of just you know there are guys that played last year, there are guys that didn't, there are guys that played three games. If you're comparing quarterbacks against each other, you might be comparing 2019 tape to 2020 tape. So I think it's really fascinating. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that next week and and uh, talk about the, the quarterbacks. But uh, look, there's there's a guy out there that, that claims that Trevor Lawrence is not the number one quarterback in this draft. There are guys out there that uh, maybe the, the same guy thinks Kellen Mond is, is like the third best quarterback available. So there you go. Interesting stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we definitely get into that next week because yeah. there's only one guy I'm sold on in the in the, in this draft, and I think everybody else you're just reaching on at, at this point. I think there's going to be a lot of when we get into it next week. I'll, the preview is is I think there's going to be a lot of people that draft these guys way higher than what they than what they should be drafted, and could find themselves stuck with them for a while. 
Yeah. All right, buddy. Have a great week. Uh, always appreciate you, and uh, we'll do it again next Tuesday. Sounds good, Colby. Thanks. Eric G. joining me from the Tulsa Sports Animal. That is it for this episode of the Colby Daniels Podcast, presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, abotanicalcompany.com. Use the discount code COLBYSHOW for 15% off your online order. They have Kratom, CBD, Delta 8. If you have any questions about these products or their benefits, give Artisan Botanicals a call. They are absolutely there to help educate you. 405-458-9699. But again... Visit abotanicalcompany.com. Discount code Colby Show for 15% off your online order. Everybody have a great day. Stay safe, and I'll see you tomorrow. Podcast is over.